Hey everybody, welcome to the X-Ray Room. You're listening to Who Told You with your podcast host, Veronica Best, infusing the intricate inner workings of your thought life with inspiration one episode at a time. Our thoughts are the basis of each decision we make ultimately paving our life. And this show is the hourly x-ray show that begs the question, who told you? I'm so glad to be back with you guys. Our guest today is amazing. She's a good friend of mine for a long time, long time, long time. Um, she's been married for how many years? 18 years. She's got four kids. She's a fitness instructor, certified lay mill. Uh, Les Mills. I don't know how she keeps a straight face when I go to her her cycling class, her spin class, because I'm I look like something is coming out of my rear end. I'm like, <gasps> like I'm just trying to survive the day, okay? But she's so inspirational as a teacher, like just the things that she'll say. Anyway, so if you're ever in the Dawsonville area, check her out at Kinetics. Um, she is an entrepreneur. She um, owns a construction company alongside her husband. She's worked in ministry all of her marriage, 18 years, so I'm sure there's a lot of stories. Yeah, a lot. She is a pastor. She's also a prophetess. I can say that because we just had a worship moment. She was <laughs> prophesying to me. I was like, yes, I needed to hear all of that. And I will be posting that on my YouTube channel. So check out Veronica Best Ministries on YouTube if you want to see that. And she's also a recording artist, amazing singer and pianist um, and worship leader. Her album is called Who I Am, and you can also find that online. Mm -hmm. I will put in the show notes links to her social media and product page. Um, she and her husband have built two churches in the Philippines, and they also mm -hmm. mentor a ministry in Nigeria called Kingdom Connections. She's currently working on recording her new single without any further ado. Or wait, this is the Joni Stone. <laughs> Anyways, I love her, y'all. And anybody that knows her, like, if if I'm talking about you to somebody, they're like, oh, I'll be like, oh yeah, I saw Joni or whatever. They're like, I just love her. Like that's always the statement I get. So this is Joni Stone, and Joni, it's your first mm -hmm. time on Who Told You. Yes. We love to start off with a product we love and mm -hmm. a conversation starter. So. Um, a product I love real quick is Havila Cunningham. I hope I got her name right. Is that her name? All right. I don't know. She is one. She's on staff. Let me fix my fro. She's on staff with um, Bethel in Reading. And I stumbled across on Facebook her um, message prep and message delivery course. Let me tell you what. This woman breaks down how to prepare a sermon. And I, I'm an English teacher, so I know how to put together an essay, but it's different when you preach. So she, um, I, I chose, you have different price points. You can choose with the course. Anyway, if y'all are speakers of any sort, even if you're in business and you have to get in front of people, check out Havila Cunningham's message prep course. The link will be below. What's your favorite? My favorite product. Or one of your favorites. One of my favorite products. It is a face face product. It is Avaji uh -huh. by Susan Avaji. Mm -hmm. It's actually the doctor that um, invented Avaji uh, as his daughter. So she What has, is Avaji? Avaji is like, um, it is face cleansing, toning. Um, if you got a little something, something, you know, going around here. I've never heard of that. Yeah. They, they do really good. Um, you got to have a regimen guys got to have a face regimen. Okay? You can't use hand soap. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I use. 
I use hand soap. It's so bad. Or shampoo. Like, while I'm shampooing my hair, I'll be like, "Mm." and I I don't know why. I'm lazy. Well, your skin looks great. Really? Mm -hmm. It's the makeup, girl. I got at Ulta. Oh, that's good. Ulta's good. (laughs) So we plug in for Ulta because they are amazing for us women and people that like to wear makeup. So I really feel like um, if you can't take care of yourself first, and this is not a selfish thing, this is not a prideful thing. A lot of women, you know, feel like they need to give up. They're being a bad mom. They're being a bad mom. Yeah. They, oh my gosh, I need, you know, but you have to take care of yourself because if mama goes down, the whole house goes down. Yeah, I felt mm-hmm. that way. Like when you get your nails done, it's mm-hmm. sixty bucks, you mm-hmm. know, and then you go get your hair done, it's like at least one hundred fifty bucks. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if I do that every month, that's over two hundred dollars. If I get a mm-hmm. facial, that's another seventy five, mm-hmm. you know. And you're like, there's no way I'm gonna spend that money. I'm gonna... That's just what mm-hmm. goes on in your mm-hmm. your mind, mm-hmm. you know. And the truth is, is that it's just a way of loving, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it is. And I can't tell you the times that I've I've been in Walmart and I've I've got myself something like, and it really wasn't even a big deal. Um, and I, my husband would turn to me because I would start picking up things, you know, off of the, um, I don't even know what that thing's called. Carousel? No. It's the thing that. Oh, the x-rayer? <laughs> oh, uh, the conveyor belt. There you go. Whatever. The conveyor belt. See, I don't even know what that the thing ramp. is. That's terrible. But the thing that makes you spend way too much money and yep. you went into Walmart for two mm-hmm. things that came out with 20. Exactly. And then you forgot <laughs> the thing you came in Walmart for. But I would start to get stuff off of the conveyor and my husband would be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I we don't really need that. I'm just going to put it back. You know, maybe we can get it next time or something. He's like, no, 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 just get it. It's not, it'll be fine. But there's like, well, guilt. since you said that, yeah. I'll just go back and get to the cosmetics <laughs> section. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's grabbing and sneaking like a Hershey bar and just throwing <laughs> it on there. So, Aww. Like, but, but guys don't have to worry about all that, mm-hmm. you know? No. They well, they don't. But she looks good, honey. Real good. So it's working. Thank you. Thank um, okay, so our funny conversation starter mm-hmm. is what is the craziest pickup line a guy has ever told you? Obviously, BC marriage days. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so this is I don't know, this is really corny and embarrassing, but I'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> how hard was the fall? A guy when you th- fell from wait, heaven. wait, wait, wait. I need some context. Okay. So how far did you fall? No, but where were you? Like, were you at the bowling alley? Roswell? Like, Ro- didn't you grow up in Roswell? Yes. The Roswell bowling alley? Probably. <laughs> honestly, probably. We did go there. Or the Roswell roller rink, which yes. is no more, guys. Oh, my God. That was no the more. place. I went mm-hmm. to Holcomb Bridge Middle School. Mm-hmm. Every Friday. Every Friday. You were supposed to be at the move- at the roller rink. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, that is satanic. Yeah. And you can't go. Oh, did you go? I did sometimes. Oh. I think I went like twice. We probably would have seen each other. Really? Mm-hmm. How old are you? I'll never tell. Oh. Off on camera, I will tell you. Off well, camera. I'm 35, so I was. <laughs> no, I'm thir- I'll be 30. I'm 36. So we so... would have been in the same grade mm-hmm. range. Mm-hmm. Did you go to Holcomb Bridge? Mm-mm. I went to Ro- I went to Roswell well, High School. Oh, so you were Roswell higher up North, towards yeah. Woodstock? No, I was towards like um, Marietta, like City Hall. Oh, you were downtown Roswell. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I was about to say, if you were at the same school I was mm-hmm. at the same time, oh my God, I would that, freak out. We had to have seen, if you went to the Roswell World Rink or if you were ever around like the Bowen Alley, we, we would have had to see each other. The one by like, if you go where Crystals is and all that. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Okay. So my crazy, oh wait, finish on the story. Oh, sorry. See, <laughs> I don't cut you off. So it was how far did you fall pretty much when you fell from heaven? 
Because, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? You know, I sometimes it takes me a minute to catch on people. So because she's um, a deep thinker. Yeah, I am. I'm a deep thinker, and I'm like picking, parting everything. But yeah, I was like, okay. Well, my craziest moment was like I had to be 19 mm-hmm. at my dad's church mm-hmm. in Canton. And this guy, bold face, he's from a third world country. I will not mention which one it is. It starts with G and ends with A in Central America. <laughs> this dude barely had teeth in his mouth. Came up to me after church one day and he's like, I had a dream. <laughs> oh, God. And in the dream, you know, God told me that you are my wife. And I was like, get the... I was like, no, sir. And I told him right then and there. But it was like so long and drawn out. Mm -hmm. Like a good two, three convers, I mean, uh, paragraphs before he finally came out with it. I'm like, there is no way God told you. You must be serving the devil. Oh, Lord. But you know what I mean? The devil prophesied to you. Yeah. I was like, uh, and you know, I was the pastor's daughter. So, like, it's always somebody trying to Mm -hmm. hook you up and whatever. But anyway. Mm We survived. Pastor daughters can find husbands, guys. Yeah. (laughs) We survived all the terrible pickup Mm -hmm. lines. All right. So we are diving into our topic. I love this topic, our theme, our title. Um, Who told you you were naked? Now, the title of the podcast is Who Told You Based on the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. So in the Garden of Eden, God asked Adam some really fundamental questions that I think are a basis for all of us. It's the first documented conversation between man and God. Mm. And God is looking for them. They've sinned. Adam and Eve are hiding behind the the bushes, the trees, whatever. It was probably like a cactus. (laughs) I imagine it was a cactus. And they didn't know yet that the pricklies were no longer sanctified. (laughs) And they was naked. And they got pricked. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what happened. But but God says, where have you been? What have you done? And who told you? Mm -hmm. So the podcast was born out of that concept of who told you in your thought life, why, why do you have these thoughts? Where'd they come from? Your culture, your education, your lack of education, your uh, family upbringing, you know, why do you make those decisions based on that information in your mind? So in the garden, they were naked. Mm -hmm. And, and why I've always thought about this. Maybe you probably Mm -hmm. have some Mm -hmm. amazing insight. Mm -hmm. Why naked? Why was that even part of perfection? In your opinion, I feel like when you can, when you can, back in the garden, Adam and Eve were so exposed. You know, they were exposed in every way, every withholding part, nothing, withholding nothing. Um, nowadays, we want to hide and conceal things. So I believe when they partook of the tree, that the glory of God came off of them. Hmm. which means that they felt shame felt shame because they were in disobedience, obviously. And God knew that something, well, he knows all, obviously. In, in, but he knew that his glory had been taken, obviously, from them. And, um, and they had been told, obviously, and manipulated and lied to. But there was a little bit of truth in there because they would be like God. And they, they were, you know, that's what's so crazy, right? Mm-hmm. They were already like God. Yeah. They were already like, like Satan God. tempted them yeah. with what they already, they were already like God and they mm-hmm. were already going to live forever. Right. Right. That is so ironic. Mm-hmm. But I think too, like when Paul said, you got to live your life like an open book, mm-hmm. an open letter, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's part of God is honored by you or people that are just honest. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not hiding anything. And that's mm-hmm. why a lot of times like, my mom or my husband, you know, they'll be like, 
why are you talking about that? Like, mm-hmm. that's very personal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, because your issue or whatever you got over, whatever God mm-hmm. delivered you from is going to set somebody else free. So Paul said, be imitators of me yes. as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like being naked is is all about that concept. So what's so good is that in this book um, that we're dealing with, and I'm going to talk about the book in February too, because I don't, I don't think we had enough time to talk about all the different points. Last episode, we talked about the dynamic between a mother and a daughter or a parent and a child and the things you miss out on um, from getting the blessing. And we'll talk more about that today. But as far as being naked and not hiding anything, it doesn't matter how old you are. You could be 40, 45, 50. If there's something inside of you that, like Joni said, you're hiding and you're like, I've just never dealt with it. Like it took me until I was 30 years old to confess that someone in my family had molested me back when I was 13. Mm-hmm. So from 13 to 30, I never said anything mm-hmm. to nobody. And I just felt like, you know, um, it's over, it's done, it happened. But holding that on the inside and hiding it and not being naked about it mm-hmm. caused a lot, a lot of damage, lot of damage mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the other person, but at the age of 30, I was like, you know what, I'm going to confront this. I'm going to mm-hmm. confess it. And I did. And I got, you know, the entire ministry that was born was from that experience. Mm. So I went back, confessed it to my family, confessed it to everyone. I mean, I'm like, look, this is what happened. Okay. I'm not pressing charges. I'm not doing anything like that, mm. but I just want you to know this happened. And then more people came out mm. were like, well, it happened to me too. It happened to me too. And I was like, mm. whoa. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, and it, it gave me so much confidence mm. in myself and in, in who I am. And it's like, you know what? I don't need people to approve me. Um, so there's just so much connected to that. So in the book, The Blessing mm-hmm. by Gary Smalley and John Trent, they are um, psych- Christian psychologists and they talk about receiving the ble- blessing from your parents. Mm-hmm. So it's all about receiving acceptance and love. Were you able to fully receive that? Because your origin sets the stage mm-hmm. um, for a lot of decision making and a lot of you know thought life. Uh, activity that you have. So the first one we talked about with me and my mom, meaningful touch and spoken message. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that he talks about is the uh, the word picture. That was it. It left me. The <laughs> word picture. So a way that you can bless your child yes. if you don't have a child. Yes. Maybe your uh coworker or somebody you're managing at work, or maybe if you're mentoring somebody, Mm -hmm. if you're a spiritual mother, a spiritual father, this is one way you can do it. You give that person a word picture. So this is what he says in the book. In Song of Solomon, God's picture of an ideal courtship and marriage, this loving couple praise each other using word pictures over 80 times in eight short chapters. So there's 80 word pictures in eight chapters. That's a lot. But they had a lot they wanted to communicate about how highly they valued each other and loved each other in their relationship. Let's look at how they used it. So seven times Solomon praises his bride, the biblical number of perfection. Mm -hmm. She was altogether beautiful to him. He begins his praise of her saying, behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. You have dove's eyes. Hmm. So that word picture the minute, you know, like if I say, oh, Joni, you have dove's eyes. Doves comes to, what do you think? Something delicate, something beautiful mm-hmm. and pure. 
So like, for example, Zion, his name rhymes with lion. Zion is my oldest son. We call him Zion Lion. So if I go up to him and say, you're a lion, you're powerful. You have God's power in you. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter where you go, what you do, you're on top. You're a leader. I'm saying that to him as his mom and I'm creating and reinforcing that picture. You are my lion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So have you ever experienced word pictures or anything like that? Yeah, and I mean, in our house, our word pictures are very comical. Uh, you know, like my oldest, she uh, refers to herself like a potato. <laughs> and it's not a demeaning thing. It's a really funny thing. And then, you know, and I'll say, well, what am I? And, and what is James? You know, so James is like a giraffe. And <laughs> you know what would be cool is to study the nature of a giraffe. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I want my friend is an artist, Faith mm -hmm. Barnes, if you're listening, heads up. But I want to get her to like paint that, mm -hmm. you know, with the scripture. Mm -hmm. And the book talks about that too. And we talked about it with my mom, um, getting a scripture for their life. Mm -hmm. So like the one she gave me was Isaiah 27, 1, 3. But, mm -hmm. but getting a scripture and a word picture and putting it on a painting mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, that would be awesome because I think it would, you know, a lot of people don't think of themselves at a, at a time, oh, am, I, am I really a lion? And then you think, well... You know, lions roar, and I don't have a roar, but really, you do have a roar. Mm -hmm. You know, you, 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 when you make that sound and you send that sound out, that is, that is you being that lion, the strong, you know, man of the house. Or right. And I, I say it to him all the time. And his middle name, mm -hmm. Hashai, his name is Zion Hashai Best. Mm -hmm. Hashai means God's power. Mm -hmm. And then Zion is God's dwelling place. So I tell I like him all that. the time, like, you're God's power. I like that. <clears throat> but, my mom's verse was Isaiah 27, 1 through 3 from my life. Mm -hmm. She gave it to me when I was like a hellion, thir <laughs> 13 years old. I was very, very bad. Um, but it says, the word picture is vineyard. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, the Lord, do keep her. I watch over her day mm -hmm. and night. I tend to her, my my beautiful vineyard, mm -hmm. lest anyone hurt her, lest anyone um, come near her to damage her. And then... You know, the, the verse is just a word picture of, of a vineyard of wine mm, wow. being taken care of. That's beautiful. So my whole life and what it did for me from 13 to 35, what it did for me was it gave me confidence. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just got confidence and from that. And you know, as teenage girls at that time needed confidence. Yeah. Well, at that time I hated God mm -hmm. and I was just like, okay, psycho, whatever. But like she, <laughs> she printed it out and put it in a frame, mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, I, I just think, um, and I'm asking the Lord now because mm -hmm. I have not chosen a scripture for mm -hmm. my kids for their life, but I'm like, okay, Lord, show me because I want to do that and make it a point. So when it comes to the blessing, um, what in your experience, when you were reading the mm -hmm. book, what upset you or what made you feel like, ah, you know, there, there has been, there's several stages in my childhood that I could think of right now you know, without even being 10 years old. And I can have a, a memory of, you know, what it was like when I was 10 years old. And um, honestly, I felt abandoned. Mm -hmm. And at times I, you know, my mother. When you were reading the book or. Yeah. When I was reading the book and, and he was talking about how picture yourself where you're at right now at 10 years old. So I'm sitting there in the bathroom and I, I have it on audio you know, audiobook. And I'm, I'm thinking as I'm sitting here putting on makeup, you know, and I, and I immediately went to where I was at 10 years old in the projects as my mama's laying in the bed, 
My oldest sister's trying trying her best to cook for us all. And my mom... Your older sister? Yes, my oh. oldest sister. And then um, she's trying to take care of us all. I'm trying to help her take care of my two little sisters. One so there's of, four of y'all. Yes, there was four girls. And um, because mom, you know, she was just... Honestly, mom was very depressed at the time. Um, and it was kind of... It was almost like we had reverse roles just for a little bit. Um, until she could get herself together. And, um, you know, we we all felt a little off. You know, it was like me and my oldest sister had to be the parent to our two little sisters. I remember um, helping my oldest sister get my two little sisters out of the bathtub, you know, some nights or, you know, <coughs> her trying to cook. How breakfast. old were the little ones? Um, my littlest sister probably was maybe two. Oh, God. Young. Yeah, very young. And then my other baby sister was probably maybe three or four, somewhere around there. Don't quote me. Um, but, you know, it, I just remember feeling sorry for mama and feeling abandoned at times and alone, even though we had a household people, you know. Yeah. So, Do you feel like you carried that or? Um, yeah, absolutely. I do. I, it has affected, uh, when I married my husband, it definitely affected my marriage with my husband because, you know, growing up, my mom told us not to, de not to depend on a man, you know, mm. don't ever depend on a man to do anything for you. That's what she would say. Mm. So I was like, all right. So when we got married, it was like, you ain't my daddy. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> What are you telling me what to do? For, you know, it oh my was just God, I've said that so to my husband. Disrespectful. <laughs> like, you are not my father. Yeah, you're not or my I'll father. say it in a smart way. I'll be yeah. like, okay, father. <laughs> yeah, okay, daddy. You know, <laughs> and I'm I like, can't lie and say it hasn't yeah. been recent. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I have to say, I, I don't. You know, nowadays I, I have. Learned, I got to read the book a couple times. Yeah, just I mean, it, and read just, some other books. Just I need to read a whole library. When the camera's not going, we'll just pray afterwards. Yes, <laughs> deliver me, deliver me. No, Shanda. It's like it's like for women who have not been in a uh, not raised with a man in the house. It is a lot different for us, you know, for when we get older. And um, so it's not that I I just didn't get a good long image of a good um, mar biblical marriage, I guess. And then everything around me was like, you know, we lived in the project. So nobody else had daddies. You know, we were all abandoned. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my aunt lived next door. She was still married. She's still married to this day. And then my uncle lived next door. He wasn't married. Everybody across the street went. And they're all in the same complex? Oh, yeah. It was in the projects, girl. We was tight. Wow. Together. Mm -hmm. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, to be able to live close here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and it was just like, so everywhere you turned, Nobody had a, either either they live with the grandmama or they live with the um, mama and the dad or the grandma was raising the kids. You know, it was so much, so much going on there. It was truly the fatherless generation. Okay. If I've ever seen it. Yeah. Speaking of the blessing. Like there was no order. No, none. And so you grew up in a single parent mm -hmm. home. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. And, you know, we did see our dad every other weekend. Um, 
you know, but it, it's, you still felt abandoned. I mean, you still feel abandoned. It's not like an afterthought. Yeah. And it, it's no shade on my dad. Yeah. It's just that that's how you feel when that stuff happens. And, and I honestly did not trust my husband. Um, I, and it was based on, you know, a lot of the experience that I did not I really didn't know. I really, you don't know what you don't know. But then when my husband was so gracious and so patient with me, um, he helped me work through and, and trust issues. helped me to, yeah, trust him. And, and, you know, it wasn't hard. I know. I mean, it was hard for him. I, it was hard for him. I know it was. And it, cause it was hard for me to adjust to that. What kind of things do you remember happening that kind of helped you to look at him and say, you know what? Mm -hmm. He's not going to disappear. He's not going to do me wrong. He's, I guess on my worst day, he still hugged me every night mm -hmm. and he still told me he loved me. Mm -hmm. I love you so no matter what. Being affirming mm -hmm. with you. And even yeah, that affirming that is giving the blessing, mm -hmm. you know, cause that's one of the, one of the points is meaningful touch. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then just those words, that message mm -hmm. of saying, you know, I love you. Yeah. And he, he, he not only, you know, actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. So his actions definitely spoke to me and reassured me, you know, as the priest of the home, he showed me what that was. Cause I didn't, you know, my grandma was a very strong woman and she, and she wasn't dis. I, I'd never seen her disrespect my grandpa. I never did see that. I'm not saying she didn't. I'm just saying like, and I'm not saying we all don't. Sometimes, you know, we're human. We're going to, we're going to have our days, but you know, the good thing about it is that we work through those things and not give up on people. And I felt like I have been given up on in some parts of my life and mm. my childhood. Um, I, it, it's really does hurt to be the one that is picked last. Right. It really does. What do you, who picked you last? You know, you, like, um, I guess when you, let's say you're playing softball or you're playing basketball or kickball, you know, and you're always picked last. Mm. And then that it's like the laws of attraction have followed you all the way to you're an adult mm -hmm. and you still feel that way, even though you're not. Mm -hmm. So it's a mindset. It is a lie. Mm. And how did the, cause I know you were sexually abused. Mm -hmm. How did that play into you know, you feeling like I wasn't mm -hmm. taken care of. I, I was abandoned mm -hmm. in some respect because mm -hmm. your mom had that phase where she went through depression mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm just going to have to mm -hmm. figure this out. Yeah. You know, I don't have her full support. Mm -hmm. And then you had your dad who you would see, but it wasn't full in mm -hmm. the house mm -hmm. full time. Mm -hmm. So you felt abandonment there. Mm -hmm. And then here comes sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that was, um, Honestly, I was so young. That was before I was 10. Excuse me. I was so young at the time that I really didn't know better. I didn't know that this bad touch, good touch was never discussed, you know. Um, so was it by somebody you knew? Yeah, it was by somebody I knew. Um, I'm not going to go into any detail about who it was. Right. Um, but it the problem with it was that at that time you you have an image of love and it's a distorted image of love and i do remember almost blacking out 
and not really remembering anything until you get to that age where you start to feel some type of way and you're like, not supposed to feel that way yet. You mean like arousal? Yeah. Okay. And it's like, oh my God, like, and you don't know what it is. But I kind of went the opposite direction. It affected me to be more of an introvert and be pulled away. Mm-hmm. I went into myself um, and I honestly, I had to be, get deliverance in stages mm-hmm. in my 20s. I'll never forget it. I got delivered pretty much while it was in my 20s of PTSD. Wow. Um, I would black out in the middle of my husband and I having relations. Wow. I wouldn't know who he was. Um, That's crazy. And he would, like I said, the man's patient. He was so patient with me um, to the point where I don't know if any man would have put up with me. I was so dysfunctional. I didn't understand what love was, nor... Well, I'm sure you feel withdrawn from yeah. your from your own feelings, yeah. your own desires. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel like a robot. Yeah. Because I know <clears throat> feel. when I first got married, because mm-hmm. we waited until, you know, we got married. We, mm-hmm. And my husband's very attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing physically. But what the sexual abuse does and what I had to tell him all the time was... Um, and, you know, thank God he was understanding about it. But I would just be like, it's just that the, the if you were to put sex mm-hmm. and sexuality mm-hmm. into a bucket, mm-hmm. it is synonymous with dirty. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It's synonymous with dirty. Not because yeah. you don't want to, like your body wants to, mm-hmm. but because of the memories you have mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. you just, it's just synonymous. You're just like, oh, it's dirty. Yeah. And, and and not to I, mention the church too. I mean, there's so much they emphasis don't talk about it. Well, there's a lot of emphasis for young people to be pure. Yeah. So again, that adds to the bucket. Mm-hmm. That adds to the bucket of sex is dirty. Sex is dirty. Mm-hmm. Sex is dirty. Mm-hmm. You know. <clears throat> so, but working through all of that was, um, you know, part of receiving the blessing because you have to go back to your origin. So yeah. we will take a quick break um, while the conversation is hot. And I will see you guys on the flippity flip. Hey guys, we are back with part two of episode 11, season one. Who told you you were naked? And um, this refers back to the Garden of Eden and basically how um, God initially created man to be in a state of nudity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which is so amazing to me. Um I think it, it speaks to, you know, like if you have cellulite on your leg or, you know, something like that. Like you want to hide it. You don't want anybody to see it. But God is so amazing. He's like, just show me, you know, show me your scars. <laughs> show me your scars, your surgery scars, mm-hmm. your cellulite. Show me the rolls. You know, like you don't have to hide anything mm-hmm. from me. Um, and that's something that this podcast is all about, about people that come People that I love mm-hmm. and really care about, like Joni, but they come and they actually become nude mm-hmm. emotionally yeah. um, and share things that are very personal. Why? Because they help other people, you the listener. So if any of this resonates, please reach out to me, leave a comment below or email and the email address will be in the show notes. So I'm going to um, circle back to what we were just talking about, which was the abuse. Mm-hmm. The sexual abuse caused you to have a distorted view of love mm-hmm. to where mm-hmm. in the act, she was abused before she was 10. Uh, you know, you felt mm-hmm. like 
what just happened? I don't know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then as you grew, became a woman, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, this is having a serious effect. How mm-hmm. did you, um, in a practical way, how did you heal from that? How did you, you said that your husband would hold you and he would conf- affirm you every night. Yeah, he was very, um, my husband would be so gracious and patient and loving and kind. And if you don't have any of these things, you have nothing. But if you have love, you have everything. And mm-hmm. and he really had love. I mm-hmm. mean, he had unadulter- unadulterated, pure love for me. And, um, you know, at the time, like I was saying, it was just like you had mentioned uh, something before about being dirty. Why should I feel dirty if the only man I ever slept with was the man that I married, why do I still feel dirty? Mm-hmm. Why am I still ashamed to show my body? Yeah. Why do I still run past the image of Joni in a mirror? Yeah. Why do I do that? Mm-hmm. Or you never problem. accept it. I you never, never say, I'm beautiful, and you genuinely, never, genuinely believe it. Never said it. Couldn't yeah. say it. Didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, that process, when I started coming out of the fog or I kind of was even in my mindset, even the way I process things, my behavior, the way I even reacted to situations, you know, it, it really was a struggle to get my brain, my spirit, my body, my mind um, to get back in line the way that it was supposed to be in the beginning. Right. Back in the Garden of Eden, we need a reset. Yeah. I needed a reset. I needed to get back to Eden. Yeah. I needed to come back to my true identity because it was stolen from me. Right. That's exactly what happens. That's so, so good. My husband reminded me mm-hmm. who I was, mm-hmm. what I was, and even my place as his wife. Yeah. And, um, I remember just now that I'm sitting here talking it out with you, um, I am realizing how long he was just, you know, all through my 20s. You know, like reinforcing. I'm just like sitting here in amazement because I know that most men my in my generation um, probably would not have been able to handle that dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Because it takes a strong man to deal with a strong woman. Because not only I was very strong-willed. That's why I've survived all of that, I believe. Because I was so hard-headed and strong-willed to to survive. Right. Or or just being sexual. Yeah. You know, like Mm -hmm. having a a strong desire for it. Yeah. And I know like in my experience, um, the honeymoon was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. raunchy, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) And then... And then the marriage comes and it's day in and day out. And it's not even that I had a low desire because I wasn't attracted to him. It was really, I viewed sex mm-hmm. as dirty. Yeah, me too. You know, um, yeah. and what, what helped heal me was the word. Yes. It was like just realizing, mm-hmm. oh my God, I had to listen to a lot of women. I had to learn mm-hmm. from a lot of people mm-hmm. and change the way I thought, mm-hmm. change the way I viewed sex and not make it seem like this dirty thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's an animal and he just wants me like a piece of meat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> men can feel that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can sense they, it. They know. Yeah. yeah. So that was a little side <laughs> voyage. 
Um, back to another issue I wanted to talk about, receiving the blessing. Because really, the whole sexual mm -hmm. abuse ties into what happens when you don't get the blessing. Yeah. And then abuse comes and mm -hmm. just distorts it even more. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so this is a quote from the book, um, The Blessing. The blessing a father gives a child is just as important as the blessing the child's mother extends. When it is absent, there's going to be a vacuum present in the child's life. Mm. Like even when they're adults, mm -hmm. a vacuum that needs to be filled. Yeah. We want to stress one important point to the parent remaining at home. So this is for a single parent home who consistently gives his or her child the blessing. This point is also important to consider for parents of children who were deserted or adopted. Children will naturally long. This is powerful right mm -hmm. here. Children will naturally, naturally long for the blessing of the absent parent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how bad that parent was, regardless of the situation surrounding divorce. Their desire for the miss, that missing element does not negate or point out any flaws in the way they are loved by their custodial parent. Almost all children have an emotional need to reestablish connection with the other person responsible for their birth. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I learned. I went to secular therapy um, that year when I turned 30 and I talked about what had happened to me when I was 13 and came out about it. I was feeling schizophrenic. I literally, I literally <laughs> yeah, felt crazy. like, I felt like maybe mm -hmm. all of that was a figment of my imagination. Mm -hmm. It never happened. And because I had people asking me, they're like, are you sure that's how it happened? Mm -hmm. Are you sure? You know? And I'm like, dude, I can remember the pattern of the bra. Like, mm -hmm. yes, it happened. <laughs> you know? So I went to a therapist and one thing she said, um, she said, every person is fighting to get back to their origin. Wow. It doesn't matter if you never met your parent before. It doesn't matter if you never met, mm -hmm. you know, even if you were raised by your grandma, your grandpa, your, your auntie, your uncle, or mm -hmm. you're always fighting to get back to your home, your origin yeah. emotionally. And I feel like that's what this book talks about is mm -hmm. that when you, when you go through divorce, you go through that, that half of your blessing is missing. Mm -hmm. So how did you feel when your parents divorced and how old were you when that happened? I was probably like, um, probably seven or eight, probably around that age, seven, eight, nine. I want, I'll go ahead and throw that in there. Um, and the abuse happened at what age? I'm just curious. It was shortly after shortly. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was around like maybe a couple years after my parents divorced. So I may have been, or may not have been. My timing is off sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. It just happened you know, after. I'm trying to think back because, you know, I haven't really um, I haven't really thought about it in a while, in quite some time. Yeah. So it's it's it was probably I just want to give a rough estimate between like eight, maybe nine, somewhere around there. Yeah, it was maybe close. Close. Close to it was close. But do you remember how that made you feel? Did you feel like you were growing up with half of the blessing? Um, yeah, I felt like I didn't probably realize that it was a blessing that I was missing. Yeah. You didn't know um, how to name it. Yeah. I, I knew something was missing because I felt uncovered. Mm. I felt like something had been ripped off of me, literally like, um, and I really believe that it was that cut of divorce. Wow. Because the priest 
was no longer covering not my mom nor his children anymore. Hmm. That's why we all want to go back to our origin because we're looking for our daddy. We're looking for our Lord. We're looking for our priest. Yeah. We're looking for the head. That's so good. Gosh. Well, the book talks about Esau Mm -hmm. and how Esau felt that anguish when he didn't get the blessing. He's like, please, please, you know, give me the blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can just imagine that feeling of of, um, void. It's Mm -hmm. almost like a bucket. Mm -hmm. You're trying to fill, you're trying to fill, you're trying to, or like the book said, a vacuum. You're trying Mm -hmm. to fill, you're trying to fill. You know, I remember growing up, um, my mom was so strong. She was very, like, she knows how to organize money and pay bills Mm -hmm. and do this project at the church. And like, she's almost a general, like Mm -hmm. that's just how Mm -hmm. I grew up seeing her. But my dad, he was working outside of the home and he's like a loving teddy bear. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's like the lamb and my mom's Mm -hmm. like the lion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But growing up, I always saw her as the strong Mm -hmm. and my dad is the weak Mm -hmm. because of their personalities. They're not the same. Um, even though my dad was, you know, the father, he was always at work, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So now here I am, mm-hmm. uh, married and it's like, you kind of carry that too, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, yes, I received the blessing, but part of it was kind of missing because mm-hmm. you, you feel like, um, the woman has to handle it and mm-hmm. I'm the woman and I have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even now I still, if I see a couple, mm-hmm. I'll be like, Oh, the woman's probably the one doing everything behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like I kind of always in my head mm-hmm. veer towards that. Mm-hmm. But um, how did it make you feel when you were maybe an adolescent and mm-hmm. going through your crazy phase, mm-hmm. like not having your dad at home? Did you? Did- I, I remember missing my father so bad. Um, and as you know, I'm listening to the blessing um, on the audiobook. I had a memory, and it was me calling my dad at work every day. I got home from work every day. I got home from excuse Aww. me from school. I would call him. I can still tell you his work number. Wow! Right now, I can still tell you what it is. Um, and I remember just if I wanted just to hear his voice, if I could just hear his voice, I'll be fine. Yeah. And he would, he would take the time out and he would sit and talk to me. That's so sweet. He would. And I, you know, he was at work and he would sit and talk with me at his job. And I know he was busy, you know, cause he was, you know, my dad's a very smart man. He worked on, he worked at supervision on, um, the robots and machines and, you know, equipment. And he's very smart as far as technical technology goes. And, um, I just, I'm so grateful. You know, I'm grateful to my dad for giving me life at this right. point. That's I'm such in such a better place uh, with the blessing, and I've learned to receive the blessing too. Right. Um, and I just I'm just glad that he was able to even give give me breath. Right. And one thing that helped me when it comes to whatever shortcomings that mm-hmm. you have, like I don't know, like I was talking earlier about how. Um, Because one of the points of the blessing is to be committed Mm -hmm. to that special future Mm -hmm. for your child. And I remember when I was learning piano, I just kind of learned on my own. And so as an adult, I look back and I'm like, why did my parents ever put me in music school or Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. put me in some kind of worship institute or or something to where I could learn how to read the piano, you know, read the music and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I kind of felt that void, but what helped me is like what you said, mm-hmm. you look back 
you look back at, at everything that went down and you're just like, you know what? They gave me life. Mm -hmm. They did their best. And that's what helps heal mm -hmm. from whatever missing you got as far as the blessing is concerned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I would feel like, oh, they just want to use me for the church, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. yeah. they pastor the yeah. churches. And so I'd be like, oh, they want me to take care of the kids. They want me to, you know, lead <laughs> worship. They want me to, you know, do all that. I'm like, why didn't they ever invest in me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So looking back at them, mm -hmm. and that, that's a huge, huge healer, mm -hmm. is to say they did the best mm -hmm. with what they knew what they to did. do, yeah. you know, and, and they also, um, even in their worst days, their mm -hmm. biggest mistakes, they gave you breath, mm -hmm. like you wouldn't even be alive. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the things that helped me with my parents, which I'm not saying everybody has to do this, I'm just big on this, mm -hmm. is to talk to your parents. Yeah. Talk about those things that bothered you, mm -hmm. even as a 30-something-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to if you feel mm -hmm. super uncomfortable. I just know that I was able to get over a lot of stuff mm -hmm. through confession. Yeah. And there's a verse in J uh, James 1.16 that says, The prayers of the righteous availeth much, meaning your prayer works. Mm -hmm. And right before it says, Confess one to another and be healed. Confess your sins one to another and be healed. Mm -hmm. So it's like... I just had that revelation, Veronica, mm -hmm. if you want your prayers to work, confess, confess. you know, yeah. let, let God be your strength. Yes. It's never good to be in silence when, you know, an injustice has been done. There's a for lot years, of, yeah, you could for carry years. it. You, you will be a prisoner in your own body. You will be a prisoner in your own mind. You will be a prisoner at your job. I mean, you might as well just go ahead and just go to prison. I mean, if you want to live that life. But you just don't feel happy. You don't feel it. And you feel or true joy, I no. should say. And it also even says, so that you may be forgiven. So there is, there is a healing process. There is a forgiving process. And it is when you speak something out of your mouth. I mean, it is so powerful. That's why it says you can curse with your mouth or you can bless with your mouth. Mm. And I much rather live a life of blessings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when it comes to your parents, if you mm -hmm. come from a divorced home mm -hmm. or if you come from a home where, like he said, you were abandoned mm -hmm. um, or you were left and you're like, you know, I never met my father. I never met my mm -hmm. um, my mom or my mom didn't want me like I got adopted. Mm -hmm. um, whatever the case may be, I think it's important to kind of even if that person is, is left, they're not alive anymore. Um, it's important to write them a letter. Yes. Or do something. You don't even have to mail it to them. Um, I remember a friend of mine. She has an amazing testimony. She was kind of like Joyce Meyer. She was raped by her father um, her entire childhood. Wow. Till she moved out, she was raped by her dad. Her mom knew. And, you know, things were so dysfunctional at home that her mom just kind of looked the other way. Um, one of her brothers was brutally beaten to death. Mm -hmm. And her other brother, he's just like you know, a deadbeat, like he cannot hold mm -hmm. a job. He cannot, mm -hmm. you know, and, and one of the things she's literally the one that works and financially supports her parents and her deadbeat brother. Wow. And to this day, I mean, she's hitting 50 almost oh, wow. never had kids, never got married. I mean, it was just years of mental, emotional damage from sexual abuse. So one of the things, and that's, she's the one that gave me um, that tidbit was, she was like, I wrote my dad a letter. Mm -hmm. 
you know, a long letter. I never, I mean, they're living in the same house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her dad is a senior citizen now. Yeah. She was like, I didn't mail it to him. I just wrote it. Mm-hmm. So there's just something about confession. Yeah. It's so powerful. It's like, powerful. like you said, Joni, mm-hmm. um, you know, in my case, if like, I just had it happen on Sunday. Um, the bad falling out that I had with the pastor that I've mentioned in, in episodes before, you know, they're having a revival at that church. I was a member of that church from the time I was 11 till I was 29. Mm-hmm. And God just kept putting it on my heart to go. So I go and I'm like, okay, I'm going to send the service and go home. Give me some Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> and in the middle of the preaching, God's like, nope, you need to get baptized. Because mm-hmm. it's like a baptism revival. Everybody's getting baptized. It's like, woo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, really, God? And then it was like, and you're going to confess. You're going to confess the things you spoke against mm-hmm. him and that you cursed him. And that I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So I did it. Mm-hmm. And literally... I felt such a weight lift off me. I didn't even know that he was still in the sanctuary because the service had gone so long. Um, I didn't know he was still in there with his wife. So he heard all of it. But even Mm -hmm. if, even if I knew he was still in there, I knew I needed to do it. Mm -hmm. And it brought so much relief to my soul. Mm -hmm. I had already called him and forgiven him years ago, Mm -hmm. back in 2014, when we moved back Mm -hmm. to Georgia from Alabama, I called, that was the first thing I did was I called him. I was like, Hey, if there's anything between us, but God still Mm -hmm. pressed me on that. Mm -hmm. He was like, do it, do it to the church now. Wow. (laughs) Um, But when I say like the minute I got in my car, well, when I, when they baptized me, I felt like a little, Mm -hmm like my body curled up into a fetal position mm-hmm. in the water and it was hot. Thank the Lord. <laughs> yes. It made me want to pee, <laughs> but confession is a huge, massive healer. Absolutely. What are some other times? Did you ever have to confess to your parents or confess to a family member or have to, I actually confessed to a family member of mine. Um, she was, um, she, was very close to my family. Obviously she's a family member. Um, but I actually asked her to go to eat lunch with me cause I needed to talk to her because she was the one that I always could talk to. She was the one that I always looked up to and I still look up. She to was her. like your emotional support. Oh yeah. She had, I mean, I would go and spend the night with her and, and she was just so wonderful. She would hear you. Yes. She would listen to me talk like all the time, you know? And, um, Again, I'm in my 20s, and this was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life because there is a sense of you that wants to protect. So dysfunctional. And justice was done, you know, but you still want to protect the other person. like Oh, the perpetrator. Yeah, you're still in that mindset. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to. But listen. That, it, that is a whole word in itself. It, it, that is so true. It's so true because that's how dysfunction we are. Well, we, it's because you love that person. Yeah. You you well, don't want to press charges. No. You don't want to say anything uh-uh. and put them put their business out on the street. No. You want them. You, you hope in your mind uh-huh. that they're not doing that anymore. Yeah. You hope and pray. But I, I will tell you um, that it was, you know, a grown man to, to predator a little bitty girl and it did continue on. It actually, my, um, I will just call it my mentor um, at the time, told me um, that it had happened when they were teenagers. So it was, it had happened to them. 
And then it continued on to happen to me. And then it continued on. I'm sure I know. I know it continued on. I don't have any, you know, proof or any story to tell you about it, but I just know it did. And that's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, it's the worst feeling. And I guess. Because you're like, dang, if I would have said something mm-hmm. sooner or if I would have, what would that have prevented? You know, if, if I would have, if I would have said something, if I could go back to my, my little girl self and I could give her some pointers. Say, be brave. Just I do would, it. Yeah. But see, I was I was so shy anyways. Nobody would have believed you. Well, I don't know at this point if they wouldn't because I know that it happened to them, their yeah. family. It had happened and it was just kind of sw- everything back in the day, I guess, you know, was swept under the rug in, in, in the family. You know, Oh, it still is. <laughs> that, I mean, you don't want people to know unless it's, you know, what's trending now. Let's just take a picture of myself and pretend like I have a grand life when we all know you don't have a grand life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an imagery. It's smoke and mirrors most of the time. But with her, I knew I could not put up any more smoke and mirrors. So I told her and she just reassured me that she understood exactly what I was saying because it had happened in their health. It had happened in their family. Yeah. And it had been swept under the rug because, oh, he's just sick. Well, yeah, we know he's sick. So That's, that what is, do we do about that? That is the worst. I am... Um... For me too, when when somebody else mm-hmm. said, "Oh, you too, mm-hmm. you're a victim," mm-hmm. me too. That was the moment mm-hmm. that I stopped feeling crazy. Yeah, I was like, "Okay, I'm not making it up." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like I. And then when I went to therapy, and and the therapist told me, she said, mm-hmm. "If you were to go to the authorities right now with with mm-hmm. that story, mm-hmm. you would have grounds, you know." Mm-hmm. And um, it's just what it does is it. You said it mm-hmm. so perfect. Mm-hmm. It distorts your view of love mm-hmm. so that now years go by and you look back and you're like, I really have not had a genuine, healthy mm-hmm. relationship of love mm-hmm. so that when somebody does come and they're showing you real, honest, raw love, mm-hmm. you don't know how to treat it. Mm-hmm. It's like a foreign object. And yeah. You're just like, I don't know. You know, so mm-hmm. that that's another reason why. Confession is so important. Mm-hmm. When you get around people or you listen to podcasts like this, you feed your mind mm-hmm. with information that is going to help you get delivered, help you get free, help you figure out how do I get over this? One of the biggest things is confession. Yeah. Going to therapy is confession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know, because you're telling your, and you really, you know, as a side note, you really can't confess to anybody, just anybody. Mm-hmm. No, um, you cannot. So make sure it's someone that, that you know that you know. Has your best interest, um, not your demise. Yeah, and somebody that's secretive. Yeah. I mean, for for lack of a better term, I don't know if there's another way to say that, discreet, private. Mm-hmm. I mean, it needs to be somebody that has your best interest. Yeah. It needs mm-hmm. to be somebody that... That keeps you accountable as well, mm-hmm. you know? And what I did was I, I went to my perpetrator and mm-hmm. I said, this happened. Mm-hmm. This age, mm-hmm. this affected me, and I want you to know that I forgive you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was as simple as that, mm-hmm. and it really set me free. Like the entire ministry that I started in 2014 was birthed from that experience. Oh wow! Yeah, wow! Because it was like it gave me so much self confidence, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. really. And, and it's like beauty. Like what's coming to me is like beauty for ashes is put in motion, you know, in your life, and you have taken something that was so 
dark, nasty and dark. And you have turned it into something beautiful. And, and there is a spirit world. The mm -hmm. spirit world is very real. And there are spirits that remain in family lines. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a bag of tricks. And the enemy keeps using the same trick mm -hmm. on this one family because mm -hmm. it's working. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like talking about it, especially now that I'm a mom, that was my biggest thing, dude, was yeah. I was like, I don't want my kids to be molested because yeah. I know how messed up it made me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think confession is part yes. of the blessing, that spoken word. Um, you know, it that, that could be, I've talked to my own kids about what happened to me, the sexual mm -hmm. abuse. Yeah. As young as they are, yeah. I have an 11 year old, a seven year old and a six year old. I've talked to all of them about it. Mm -hmm. I said, this happened. This is where I was touched, you know, mm -hmm. because that is what's going to heal is Absolutely. talking about it. Yeah. And the, and they have knowledge now. They have knowledge. And when you have knowledge, it's really up to you. Even at a young age, it's good to train up a child in the way that they should go so that when they depart, so excuse me, that if they do depart, that they won't forget where they came from. They won't forget the things that you've told them. They won't forget the knowledge and the power and the revelation even that will hit them when they do get older. Because you had put some stability, you had shown them, look, and I hope that that I hope that I've learned from my parents' mistakes. I hope that we all learn from our parents' mistakes and that our children won't make a repeat because we want our children to go from glory to glory, just like we've go from glory to glory. Yeah. And I've also talked to my children. Um, all of my children are now teenagers. Um, I still, I still will tell them if anybody does anything to you, um, you know what to do because I have, I have taught them what good touch and bad touch is. The school system even has something in place now that will talk to them about yeah. that. Stuff. They do like a little program. Yeah. So, but I don't even know. I don't know if that's reduced the, the abuse. I think yeah. it's it's so. I'm not really sure that what they even say to them. But when I seen good touch, bad touch, I was like, yeah, tell them all about yeah, it. Yeah, they have you sign the form. <laughs> so. Well, I know they say whatever your bathing suit covers mm -hmm. is off limits. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, it's it's so important, you guys, as you listen to these podcasts, mm -hmm. to really. Um, Think about your own, you know, maybe some memories have popped up mm -hmm. or faces of people have popped up. Write them a letter. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I did, I've talked about this in, in previous episodes, is I sat the person in a chair, mm -hmm. an imaginary chair. And I know that sounds weird, <laughs> but I did it. I sat them in a chair and I just, um, as I'm imagining them in the chair, sorry guys, I have to restart this video. So as I imagine them in the chair, I'm talking to them and I'm saying, you know, I forgive you and I, you know, bless you and I hope your life goes well, you know, yes. um, because that's all part of the blessing. It's all part of receiving the blessing mm -hmm. and giving the blessing. And if you haven't read it yet, you can do the audiobook like me. Mm -hmm. I am busy, busy, busy. So I just let the book play while I'm cleaning, cooking, going to pick up the kids from school. Um, you know, as I'm going to bed, like last mm -hmm. night, I went to sleep listening to um, Havila Cunningham teach on how to put a sermon together. Mm -hmm. I just set it up, little headphones, go to sleep. Um, but it's so much better than wasting away in front of Netflix. Like mm -hmm. that's something that God is really convicting me on is staying away from the TV, y'all. Yeah. So I'll have the link below for Scribed. That's the app I use and the audiobook, The Blessing. Thank you so much, Joni. Thank you for having me. This was awesome, you guys. It's a whole day with Joni. 
Um, and be um, on the lookout for YouTube videos. And I will see you guys soon. Bye.